peoples of the worldwide federated internet. What's good? So, I mentioned a name, Salty Amarova. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. And I've wanted to do an episode where I discuss this uh, woman. Now, I want to start out by saying it is not my goal to make Miss Amarova out to be a boogeyman or boogie woman, if that's what you want to go with. It's not my goal. I think sometimes when we're discussing people and we're discussing ideas, we try to make people out to be the boogeyman or the monster instead of simply just showing that, hey, look, I don't know what this person's intentions are. They could be nefarious. I have no proof of that. I might believe that that's the case, but I have no proof of that. I only have circumstantial evidence. Nonetheless, the ideas that this person is espousing are bad ideas that will end in our destruction eventually in one way, shape, form, or another. So who is Miss Amarova? Salty Amarova was born in 1966 in West and West Kazakhstan region, formerly known as Kazakh SSR, Soviet Union. Um, she was educated at Moscow State University where she got her bachelor's degree and she got her master's and PhD at the University of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, she has been nominated by Joe Biden as the comptroller of the U.S. currency. Now, the comptroller is a position that most people have no idea what this position is. They don't know what does this person do. Half of us have probably maybe heard the term, but didn't really care about the position. The problem is... Many times we don't care about these appointed positions, but these are the positions. This is where the power really lies. This is where the policies come from that really steer the direction of your life. But we look at the politicians because these are the people that we elect, but we never think about their appointees. And I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say it again. Their appointees in, in many ways matter more than them. So the definition of comptroller is a royal household official who examines and supervises expenditures, a public official who audits government accounts and sometimes certifies expenditures. Now, I don't normally do this. I, I don't really ask for people to share or or subscribe to my channel. I don't do that a lot. But this is what I ask you. We live in a day and age where people are busy. People are raising families. People are working jobs. People don't really have time to look into the, the, the myriad of issues going on today. I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm an information junkie. I hear something. I go on my rabbit trail hunts. But a lot of people don't have time for that. They have other things going on. When my kids were younger, I didn't have a bunch of time to do stuff like this. 
even though I've always been an information junkie, it's never been at the level that it's at now. My kids are older. Many of them are out the house. So I have more time when I hear something to stop and look into it. On top of studying my Bible, I, you know, I try to do stuff like this. So I ask you to share this video. I ask you to share this video if you believe that the information in this video is important. I do believe this information is important. I think these are things that people definitely need to know. It's hard. It's hard to get people to to. Understand the importance of certain things when they have multiple things going on in their life that's important to them right now. It affects them right now and they need to deal with this. The thing about this position is even though it doesn't necessarily affect any of us right now, it will affect all of us very shortly in a, in a really negative way. So what I'm going to do is I'm going, I'm going to read. Now this is Wikipedia. You can't always trust Wikipedia. So anything you see on Wikipedia, I would, I would advocate you verify through two, three, four, different sources. Now this article is going to go over some things concerning the U S comptroller things that I think it's good for people to know. But again, you do your own research and verify this stuff in different sources. I've read some other things in other places. Wikipedia many times is just a good place for aggregated information. So this is why I'm going to use this. Uh, all right. So that's my other article. I don't want to be on that right now. So let me go and let me change this. All right. So the comptroller of the United States current, uh, currency, the last one was nominated by, let me see, Barack Obama in 2010. Gene Dudaro, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I'm sure I'm probably slaughtering that. I'm positive I am. All right, so it says the Comptroller of the United States is the Director of the Government Accountability Office, GAO, formerly known as the General Accounting Office, a legislative branch agency established by Congress in 1921 to ensure the physical and managerial accountability of the federal government. That's a lot of power. Uh, the Budget and Accounting Act of 1921 created an establishment of the government to be known as the General Accounting Office, which shall be independent of the executive departments and under the control and direction of the comptroller general of the United States. You see that this. So when I read this, my takeaway is this is a way around government oversight. Let me read that again for you. The budget of account uh, the budget and accounting act of 1921 created and established uh, of the government to be known as the general accounting office, which shall be independent of the executive departments and under the control 
of the direction of the Comptroller General of the United States. So this is something that should be, should be for all intents and purposes, <clears throat> extremely important to all of us. This is a position that should matter. This is a position that we should probably pay attention to, but many of us don't. I'm going to play a video. This was uh, Senator Kennedy questioning Miss Amarova. Now, again, this is not to attack Miss Amarova. She made a statement in this in this interaction, which I agree with. You cannot control where you are born, but where you are born does affect how you think. Now, that doesn't mean how you think can't change. But I would advocate because of some of the things she has written, and I'm going to read, I'm going to read you from something she's written called the people's ledger after this. But I would, I would, I would say that the things that she believes has not changed much at all from where she was as a young person and her writings, in my opinion, display this. And I think her ideas are bad. I have nothing against her as a person. But I think her ideas are bad for the United States. So I want you to listen to this and just hear what's said. And you can make up your own mind. Thanks, sir. So Senator Kennedy from Louisiana is recognized for five minutes. Good morning, Professor. Good morning. You used to be a member of a group called the Young Communist, didn't you? Senator, uh, are you referring to my membership in the youth communist organization while I was growing up in the Soviet Union? I don't know. I, was, I just I wanted to ask you that. Now, I want you to realize I'm, I'm going to stop this for commentary. I want you to realize that what Senator Kennedy is doing. Many people might see it as grandstanding and in some ways it is. But I think what he's doing in this video is. The American people are going to be watching this. News agencies are going to report on this. So he's not really doing this for his own sake. He's doing this for the people's sake so people can hear this. So this is something that you should hear. Many of you have probably not seen this video. Many of you have probably not heard this interaction, but it's definitely something you need to hear. You need to hear the things that she's saying. And I believe that's why he's framing his questions in the way that he's in, in a way that he's framing them. Question. Well, Senator, I. There, there was a group called the Young Communists and you were a member. Is that right? I'm not exactly sure which group you're referring to. Well, the formal name of it is. The Leninist Communist Young Union of the Russian Federation. And it's also known as the Leninist Komsomol of the Russian Federation. So he was leading her with this question. And the name that he gave the organization was probably just a colloquial name. But he's now going over the official name. So so she knows that, hey, I'm, I just want I just want you on record talking about your record as a youth. And I want you to explain some things. Nothing wrong with this, in my opinion. And it's commonly referred to as the young communists. Were you a member? Senator, I was born and grew up in 
the Soviet Union. Yes, ma'am. But were you a member of that organization? Everybody in that country was a member of the Komsomol. So this is something that is done often. In, in order to, to obfuscate responsibility, instead of just fessing up and saying, yeah, I was a member of this organization, you make it as though, well, we were all, a and, and this may be true. I'm, I'm not saying what she's saying is not true. It may be true that everybody who was young at that time had to be a part of this organization. In many communist countries, this is how these things work. You don't get a choice. You're a part of this, whether you like it or not. But you, you have to take responsibility. Yes, I was a part of this organization. And maybe later on you can explain, hey, we didn't have a choice. This is just something we had to do. And in her defense, maybe that's what she's trying to do in the way she's answering this question. But I understand what Mr. Kennedy is attempting to do in asking these questions and getting her to answer. These are things that people need to hear. All which was the communist youth organization. Because so so you, that were, was, you were a member? That was a part of normal progress in school. Um, did you, have you resigned? From the... From now, this question, uh, it may not make sense to most people. And when I first watched this interaction, I was like, hmm, resign. Why would he ask her this question, right? She's a U.S. citizen now from, from uh, what I understand. And I, I should have looked up when she came into the United States. I didn't look that up, but obviously was in her adult years because she got a, a bachelor's degree from uh, Moscow State University. But it's, it's, I'm trying to figure out how to frame this. If I was a member of some organization when I was a young man, and that, let's say that organization was toxic. At some point, if I understood that that organization was toxic, at some point, especially if I'm a public figure at some point, I would have made some kind of public denunciation of this organization. Or at some point I would have made it known that, yo, I was a member of this organization. I didn't really have a choice, but these ideas are not ideas that I support at all. And I think what Senator Kennedy is trying to point out is where was the point by which you publicly stated that, yo, I'm no longer in line and in league what these people believed. And I think that's what he's trying to draw. Again, I'm only saying this because I know some people will hear what he's saying and they will think, well, wait a minute. Why is he asking? Why would she resign? She was forced to be a member of this. I think that's what he's getting at. The young communists. You grow out of it with age. Automatically. Did, did you did you did you send him a letter, though, resigning? Senator. This was many, many years ago as far So again, I, I think his his point is somewhat semantical, but, but I think what he's getting at is at what point did you disavow the beliefs of this organization? I think that's what he's getting at. As I remember how the Soviet Union worked was at certain age, you automatically stop being a well, member. Could, of could you look at your records and see if you can find a copy of your... Again, somewhat semantical. Uh... I, I understand why he's drawing this out this way. He wants the people at large to hear that we don't find a point where she disavows the ideas. Now, I think during this interaction, she will, during this interaction, disavow the ideas. But he's going to read some other things that's going to point to what I said. I don't think she actually ever disavowed these ideas because when you hear what she thinks about 
economic policies, it is very communist. So if you were part of an organization and that organization, let's say, had some toxic ideas and you tell people, well, I'm no longer in league with that organization, but your ideas still fall in line with what that organization believed, then I have no other logical conclusion but the fact that you're a Trojan horse. You still believe these things. And yes, this organization may not be an organization, but I'm not clear on your motives. And I think that's what Senator Kennedy's getting at. Senator Kennedy, I don't, I don't interrupt. I almost never interrupt these, but well, you always Professor, interrupt me, Mister. No, actually, I don't. I'm, not I nearly as many pursue, times. I won't like pursue. No, I, I, she, she renounced her Soviet. Now, I, I don't understand hearings in the Senate how these things are supposed to go. But he had his five minutes to ask his questions, whether uh, his questions were seen as out of place or not. He has the right to to ask these questions, and I'm not sure procedurally how all this works. If he's supposed to be interrupted, I don't know, but I think he should have been allowed to to finish and ask his questions unhindered, personally. Well, I understand that, but you're not the witness. She is. Would you look at your records and see if you can find a, a letter of resignation for me? Senator, um, as I explained, I was part of the Soviet population. Yes, ma'am. I got that part. I just want to see if you look at your records and see if you find a letter of resignation. Let, let me, let me. So at that point, what she could have done is she could have said, there's no formal letter of resignation. I was a member of this organization as a youth. There was no way around this. We were forced to do this. But if you look at this document at this time, or if you'll go back to this record or this paper that I wrote, I publicly denounced the ideas espoused by this organization. And I think that's what he was trying to draw out. And I think he was trying to point attention to the fact that that doesn't exist. And I think this is what he was getting at. Okay, well, I've spent a lot of time on your record. And, and here's what I found. Look, this is America. Now, I want to pay I want you to pay close attention to what he says right here when I press play again. And I also want you to pay close attention to the to the ideas she espoused and when she espoused these ideas. This wasn't 50 years ago. These are these are recent, uh, recent documents. And we shall continue. You can believe what you want, but we can't just let anybody be controller of the currency. You wrote your thesis in college at Moscow State University on, the title was Karl Marx's Economic Analysis and the Theory of Re Revolution in the Capital. But you won't send Senator Toomey a copy. Now, I don't know why she won't submit a copy of this document. And I've, I've searched and tried, tried to find it. And I haven't to this point. Maybe it is online somewhere and I just haven't seen it. But if I'm... If I'm nominated for a position and people want to know what I believe and they want to know what I've written, it would, it would be similar to me being nominated for a position and then scrubbing all my YouTube videos from the internet and then going before a hearing and not providing a video that was requested. Now, the only reason I would, I would have to do that is if I was trying to hide something. I can't think of another reason. Now, maybe she no longer believes these things and they're incriminating. That may be the case. But looking at some of the things she's recently written, I do not believe that's the case. 
you studied at university, at Moscow State University, scientific communism, which is the science regarding the working class struggle and the socialist agenda. In 2019, not 30 years ago, in a Canadian documentary, you called the financial services industry, quote, a quintessential asshole industry. Now, I cannot find that documentary to this point. I'm going to try to find it. But I noticed in this interaction, she never denied that. So I'm led to believe that these are actually her comments. Um, you wrote a paper called Systemically Significant Prices, calling for the federal government to set wages, food, gas prices. Now, you have to remember, in the communist system, the government controls everything. So if if she grew up in this system, in this regime, and her ideas economically is for the government to control more. Now, I'm not naive. I understand that this is the same thing that many of our own politicians born and bred in the United States believe. And I will say that I believe their ideas are incorrect and wrong. We don't need more and more government control. We need less government control. I'm not saying we don't need any government. I'm not an anarchist and I'm also not libertarian. I have friends that are libertarian. I understand their beliefs. I happen to disagree on, on many points. I think the government does serve a purpose, but I think overuse of government and government control of everything and growing government is a problem. Let's continue. In 2020, you wrote a paper called The People's Ledger where you said we need to abolish bank accounts and make everybody set up an account at the Fed where the federal government will have access to your data. In 2020, you wrote another paper called The Climate Case for a National Investment Authority, where you said what we need to do, the oil and gas industry, is have the federal government bankrupt them so we can tackle climate change. In 2019, you joined the Facebook group, a Marxist Facebook group, to discuss socialist and anti-capitalist views. Now, that's what I see from your record. And you have the right to believe every one of these things. You do. And I like the fact that he said that. This is the United States. You have the right to believe whatever you want to believe. We're not a communist country. You have bad ideas. You have the right to believe those bad ideas. But we should have the right to question those bad ideas, and we do. Open and honest discourse. This is America. But I don't mean any disrespect. I, I don't know whether to call you professor or comrade. Now, that might seem hyperbolic to some, and it may seem rude, but what he's trying to point out for the people who might be listening, and I understand this might be highbrow, it might go over people's heads, maybe he should have been more clear in his intentions and what he was doing, but I understand why he did it this way. She still espouses many ideas that come out of the communist regime. So what is her true purpose? I don't know. And again, I'm not trying to make her out to be a boogeyman, but I will say her ideas are bad for our country. Senator, I'm not a communist. I do not subscribe to that ideology. I could not choose where I was born. I did not. Now, I agree with her here. 
You can't choose where you're born, but where you're born does affect what you believe, right? We as Americans believe things that probably the majority of the planet doesn't believe in. And part of the reason we think this way is where we were born. Whether you whether you like it or not, where you're born affects how you think. We value freedom and liberty. Even people who are more liberal than not value freedom and liberty. Now, they might not value it to the extent and the degree that most conservatives or libertarians do, but they do value freedom and liberty definitely more than most people throughout the globe. I do not remember joining any Facebook group that subscribes to that ideology. I would never knowingly join any such group. There is no record of me ever actually participating in any Marxist or communist discussions of any kind. My family suffered under the communist regime. I grew up without knowing half of my family. My grandmother herself escaped death twice under the Stalin regime. This is what seared in my mind. That's who I am. I remember that history. I came to this country. I'm proud to be an American. And this is why I'm here today, Senator. I'm here today because I'm ready for public service. Now, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I'm not going to outright blast her. Like I said, my point is not to make her the boogeyman, but I am just not convinced that I believe what she's saying. So I'm going to read some excerpts from her paper, The People's Ledger. And these are just a few things that I noticed that I highlighted. I have not read through the whole thing. I started reading it. It's very lengthy and I'm not going to lie, it's boring reading. But there is some things in here that I highlighted and I was like, huh, this is something that people probably need to know. Okay, so it says this article takes up the challenge, that challenge, it offers a blueprint for a comprehensive restructuring of the central bank balance sheet as the basis for redesigning the core architecture of modern finance, focusing on the U.S. Federal Reserve System, the Fed. The article outlines a series of structural reforms that would radically redefine the role of the central bank as the ultimate public platform for generating, modulating, and allocating financial resources in a democratic economy, the people's ledger. When I read that, I don't know about you, but when I read that, what I see is more control to the Federal Reserve. I've advocated this book. I will mention it again. The book is called The Creature from Jekyll Island. And if if you don't understand the establishment of the Federal Reserve and you don't understand just how damaging many of the, the policies and actions of the Federal Reserve are, uh, even to this day, that is a book that I advocate you read by G. Edward Griffin, The Creature from Jekyll Island. I repeat it again. G. Edward Griffin the Creature from Jekyll Island. You can buy it on Amazon. Purchase it before they start burning books. There was something else that was said in the beginning here. I don't know if I can get to it. 
that I read and I was like, huh, this is interesting. It, it mentioned a gentleman's name. Maybe it, maybe I saw it later on. But anyway, let me get back down to here. OK, just like I said, just some things that I highlighted as I was reading through this thing, uh, things that people should know. OK, on liability side, the article envisions the ultimate in state whereby central bank accounts fully replace rather they can then compete with private bank deposits making this explicit assumption helps to illuminate and explore the full range of new monetary policy options enabled by compositional change in the fed liabilities so this is what senator kennedy was talking about in her view public or private bank accounts should be replaced by fed accounts controlled by the federal reserve this means that they would control everything you do as we can see from the world today if they can control finance they can control your life and in many respects they do we still have pockets of freedom cryptocurrency offering one of those pockets of freedom and, and it's funny it's interesting she discussed, I'm, I'm telling you, go look up her article to People's Ledger. You can find it online. She discussed cryptocurrency. And I've said this before, cryptocurrency, you, you, what, no matter why you believe it was created, some people believe it was created by the Fed. I personally don't hold to that view because I, in everything I'm seeing, it's a danger to them and all their actions are showing that it's a danger to them. They fear crypto. They, they dread crypto. And I can see and all of the things they're doing. And I'll, I'll discuss that a little bit more as I read one of the other excerpts I highlighted. But replacing your private bank account with a Fed account? No, 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 ma'am. I am not in favor of that at all. And that sounds a lot like some something a communist would want. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, uh, more fundamentally... The proposed restructuring of the Fed balance sheet would democratize. That's see when they throw around words like that, democracy and democratize. I've realized that people throw around this word because when you hear that, you think, oh, democratic means it's for me. And I think that's a that's a misnomer when this is used. Not only access to financial services, but also the very process of generation and allocation of financial resources it would therefore directly impact not only the banking industry, but also shadow banking. Now, what is shadow banking? And this, this is why I talked about, about crypto. So the, the, the formal definition of shadow banking is any entities that perform bank-like activities, but are not regulated like traditional banks. You know what, what could be, right? And this is the thing. Whenever the government makes laws, they always speak loosely with certain things so they could wrap people up easily whenever they want to at a whim. What could be classified as a shadow bank? How about a Ledger Nano S? For those who know anything about crypto, you can hold your cryptocurrency offline on something called a ledger. So you pretty much have become your own bank. You handle what comes in, what goes out. You control all of your own, your own assets. 
you hold it all. You can stake your assets. There's many things you can do with it. So in essence, you're a private bank. How easy would it be under her ideology for this to be outlawed? Because you would be considered an individual shadow bank. Now, this sounds conspiratorial, and I know it does. I understand. But you have to understand that these ideas that she espouses are very dangerous. I believe that's the last uh, bit I highlighted this go round. Like I said, this this paper is pretty long. It goes for, let me see, I think it's 76 pages long. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 70. I guess I did highlight something else. Uh, I believe it's 76 pages long. Anyway, uh, this other piece I highlighted says, by definition, the most visible such implication is the dramatic expansion in the size of the Fed liabilities, which requires the corresponding growth of its assets. This part examines the qualitative impact of this structural shift in the Fed's asset portfolio. If the Fed controls more, if they have more assets, that means they control more, which means they have more control of you. This is the point. This is what all of this does. The thing about communism, if you read the Communist Manifesto, I advocate everybody go grab a copy. I bought a copy years ago and I've read it several times. The Communist Manifesto gives this grand idea that power is being given back to the people. But when you read the intricate details of the Communist Manifesto, it's just giving more and more power to the government to control every aspect of your life. It's not actually giving power to the people. It's actually giving power to the government. Now, maybe Karl Marx just didn't understand his own ideology. Maybe he didn't understand what his ideology, his ideology led to. Maybe he intended it to be for the people, but I can assure you it is not. It is not about the people at all. It's about giving more and more control to central authorities. And I believe the greatest asset of the people, in my opinion, is actually decentralization. I wanted to see, yeah, 71 pages long is how long this, this um, paper that she wrote is. The People's Ledger by uh, Salty Amarova. I'll go back to the top so you can see, you can see the title page for those of you who wish to look this up. Cornell Law School Legal Studies Research Paper Series, The People's Ledger, How to Democratize Money and Finance the Economy, Saul T. Amarova. Again, this, the purpose of this video is not to make Miss Amarova the boogeyman. I'm not seeking to do that. But what I will say unapologetically is her ideas are bad ideas. That will destroy the country and we cannot simply accept these bad ideas because this is an intellectual there are many intellectuals that have terrible ideas ideas that sound good philosophically maybe in their head but in, in actual practice they are terrible this is someone 
people should know. Go look up her papers, go read some of her papers and read the ideas that she espouses. She says in that video, she denounced any attachment to communism. But when you read her paper, when you read her ideas, when you read the things she believes, it sounds a lot like communism. I, I am not the smartest man on the planet, but I've read the Communist Manifesto enough times to understand and know communist policies when I see them. And when I read, uh, when I started reading the People's Ledger, in my mind, I thought, you said one thing, but when I read your ideas, they definitely espouse the ideas of communism. I'm telling you, if there was ever a time where people need to pay attention, the time is definitely now. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.